The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Carrollton, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. We need to get shirts that say Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. Sure. It's like our tagline. I don't think anyone would buy those. My name is Greg Tepper. Get in the comments and let us know if you'd buy a Texas Football Today shirt. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating her 33rd birthday, a future... A, a future guest on Texas Football Today, Megan Rapino. <laughs> it's her 33rd birthday. Happy uh, birthday, that Megan not, Rapino. That is not one I have any control of or plan on, on pursuing. I'm sorry. Just uh, You just need to like text Sue. Text Sue Bird and be like, come on. Uh, <laughs> Literally uh, every day, just send her a text that says, come on. <laughs> yeah. Robert, Robert Wolf says he would buy a shirt just to make you feel good. Oh, buddy! Normally he makes fun of you, so he's feeling very generous today. Uh, that means there's a that means there's a predicate to that sentence coming. Jeremy Garza, he'd buy a heat check shirt. Yeah, he would. Uh, today is Thursday, <laughs> July fifth, two thousand eighteen. One hundred forty days until Thanksgiving, a real holiday. Episode five eighty five. I'm kidding. July fourth is a great holiday. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, episode five eighty five. Five eighty five. Danny Walton's OPS in his ten games as a Texas Ranger in nineteen eighty. On today's show. Uh, we are going to run through the latest Texas high school football coaching news because coaching news it's it's July, Greg. Because it's February, apparently we have like legit high school football There's coaching. A ton. News. It's really weird. Yeah. It's just like and I was having this conversation with um uh is my microphone going in and out? You're stepping on That's it. That's weird. Something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was having this conversation with uh, John Bronkhorst, who is now the coach. He was at High Island, and now he's at uh. Let's see. Why oh, is that going oh. in and out? I'm not moving, dude. What are you doing? I don't know. Uh, Coach Bronk is at uh, Bastrop. He's an assistant at Bastrop. He's the OC at Bastrop. What is going on? I don't know. Usually what are you this doing? is usually this is the good cable. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I was having a conversation, and he was like, "This is weird, right?" And I said, "Yes, this is weird." There's usually one or two moves after June one. Now we've got like eight or ten this year. So we'll get into coaching news, and then back after the show, Matt Stapp, DCTF High School Football Insider, will join us to talk a little bit of about his thoughts. We're going to put a bow on State Seven on Seven. Uh, get his thoughts on State 7-on-7 seven seven and what he learned, what he thought. So we'll get into that coming up here at the back half of the show. Max, yesterday was July 4th. The 4th of July was Independence Day. Uh, That's true. America celebrating its 242nd birthday. And i got to tell you, let me go on the record. I wish America a happy birthday. Okay. I have the courage to do that. Yeah. Not many people were doing it yesterday. Not many people were doing that, but I have the courage to do it. I didn't it. see anyone... We went to uh, our local, uh, my wife and I went to our local fireworks display. Oh, okay. Where you can literally see your taxpayer dollars go up in smoke. There you go. Um, so we went out there, and a couple of thoughts. First oh, of all, good. First of all, 
I was super scared of fireworks as a kid. Okay. I was terrified. All right. Like I did not like the loud noises. So right. I was not I was down with fireworks. I've come to appreciate them kind of. Uh has firework technology gotten better? Shouldn't seem like it, does it? I feel like I feel like it has. I feel like there's more um oh. there's more variance in the fireworks that yeah. it used to be when I was a kid, the only ones I remember would be like the and then it would be right. like the big circle, and right. then it would disappear. Yeah. Now you got the ones that have like the streamers. Sure, you got the ones that explode twice. Um, I feel like I feel like firework technology has has improved. But here's the other thing. So every fireworks show is, of course, now is of course set to to music, right? Mm-hmm. Set to set to a, a you you're know, a grand old flag or something. Exactly, yeah. things like that. And I'm sitting there, we're listening to the music and it's playing, and I realized. And here's my hot take of the day. Okay. Pretty much every song about America is a bad song. Oh, they're not good songs. They're not good songs, guys. Yeah, I can stand behind the message. Yeah, for go sure. Go America. Yes. Yeah. I, go America. I, I definitely I want to be firmly on the record of go yes, America. Yes, go America. Right. I, I already but wish the music... had the birthday. No, the music's bad. It's not that good. It's really not. Like they like they ran through um they ran through God bless the USA the Lee Greenwood song which is awful, it's guys. Bad. It's really yeah. bad. It's not yeah. good. Um, and then they like they went through um, uh, Stevie Wonder singing "America the Beautiful," which is a great performance of a song that's like uh, it's fine. And if the if the performer determines how good the song is, then it's not a good song. Um, it was like uh, who was it? Kelly Clarkson, I think, sang mm-hmm. it on at the Macy's thing, and she killed it. But it's like the song's not very good. Um, and then they started getting into like uh, "Stars and Stripes Forever," and like they have to go through like all the. Uh, um, like the naval hymn, you know, like mm-hmm. anchors away. Yeah. It's like these songs are like that's fine, but those are like marches. So I want to know. And then, of course, they have to play "Born in the USA" by Bruce Springsteen, which is a very anti-American song. A very odd song to yeah. choose there. And so I want to know why can't we write great songs about America? Is it because the like the um. Like they, what's the? Uh, there is like the Toby Keith "Boot in Your Ass" song, but that's not very good, right? Um, I just, I don't know. It's it's it, it bothers me because I desperate. I like music and I like America, and I want them to come together in like a perfect harmony. But unfortunately, it seems like whenever you have those like that subject matter, then like suddenly our ability to write music about it is is like wanes. So. Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, us, some. Here's the thing. I'm definitely forgetting some, some. Some of the songs are better when they're performed a certain way, right? The Jimi Hendrix national anthem, sure, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ray Charles singing "America the Beautiful." Yeah. Holy crap! Is that what I'm thinking? Of? Not Stevie Wonder. I think I am. Okay. That's very Either sad way. that I'm. Com- com- I mean, those are very I'm different guys. The, the blind uh, guys. Yeah. Uh, but Ray Charles is "America the Beautiful." The is insanely guys. good. Uh, Investigate. Yeah, but uh, everyone in our comments, by the way, is saying uh, Lee Greenwood's going to come kill us now. I know. I know. I'm sorry. It's a bad I would song. like to be on the record as saying Tepper said it. I, I, don't <laughs> like, I don't like God Bless the USA. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I won't go there. I'm just saying I'm watching the World Cup, and before the World Cup, they play all these national anthems, right? There are some banging national anthems there's out some, there, guys. There's some that are a lot worse than ours. The French yeah. national anthem, and I know we don't like to compliment the frogs, but the French national anthem is pretty great and includes the phrase, may the blood of our enemies water our crops, which <laughs> is like, okay. And, like, America's is just like, 
I feel like it's not as awesome as the most awesome country in the world's national anthem should be. Ours should be, like, written by Metallica. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Right? Like, we, okay. we, should, we should run it back and, like, have an open contest for, like, all... We have the best music, musicians in the world. Why can't we go out there and, like... That's fun. Have a song that's just like really banging, you know. Well, Ishmael says uh, "Swag Surfing" is his national national anthem. The international players anthem. Yeah, international play- players yeah, anthem. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let us know what you think is the best song about America in the comments. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. You're wondering where the magazines are. I know that's why you're here. You're probably commenting to Max. He's probably very... No, no one's ma- okay. saying anything. Um, we, got the, we got the loyal crew in here right now, so I think they're all subscribed. They're on their way. Um, apparently, there was a hiccup. With the they're on their way. They're on their way. I'm very sorry. Subscribe, we desperately want you to have it. Like if you, if I've been getting su- tweets to be like, why are you holding back my magazine? It's like, yeah. no, I promise you I want you to have it. People who subscribe from the get-go have, have had theirs for like two weeks. They've had theirs for a while. So, subscribe. It's subscribe. It's it a no-brainer. And we'll mail it to you. But I, I'm very – I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I Look, I'm ultimately responsible for the magazine. It's not on shelves. That frustrates me as much as it frustrates you. I want you very desperately to have it. Um, it is on its way. I promise you it's going to start hitting shelves. Um like now, basically, I've been on the phone for the past few. Anyway, anyway, that's the update. <laughs> Max, let's get into some coaching news because today is July fifth, and if there's one thing July fifth is known for, it's Texas high school football it's coaching news. So weird. So David Smoke, I believe, had the scoop this morning. Smokey, um, who you can hear on sixteen sixty ESPN in Central Texas, that Waco High's Marty Herbst has res- retired this morning after 26 years. Quite a run. There. Before that, he was an assistant at Bay City. Um, this is a big one. First of all, Waco High is a pretty good job. It's a, that's a, you want to talk about, like, and I know they haven't been as good as they were back in the yesteryear, yeah. but this is still a very decorated, highly, like, highly thought-of program. Is Waco High making a leap to 6A this year. Um, this is a big job. And... It continues the trend of what a brave new world we have in Central Texas. All right? Mark Bell uh, retires at China Spring. Willie Williams retires at La Vega. Now Marty Herbst. And, by the way, um, uh, Jack Welch retired at, at, um, at, at Copper's Cove. Like, you talk about turnover of big-time programs in yeah. Central Texas. And if you want to go back just in the past, like, three or four years... Temples had a new coach. Um, Midway's had a new coach. Yo's had a new coach. Mart's had a new coach. The turnover in Central Texas has been out of control. Yeah. And and it just continues this year. Marty Herbst has retired at Waco High. We wish him the very best in, in retirement. Uh, Smokey did reach out to Jack Welch, by the way. He was tweeting about this. He reached out to Jack Welch and said, Hey, do you have interest in, in Waco High? And basically, from what I read in the tweet... He didn't say he didn't have interest, but what he was saying is that in order to get the retirement benefits that he gets from Copperas Cove, he has to stay retired for an entire year. So he cannot be. At this point, and Sepp was saying this, he'd be pretty surprised if they didn't hire from within, which yeah. makes sense, yeah. I would say. I mean, if this late in the game, they've got to do that. Another uh, coaching change. Uh, Meridian is looking for a new coach. He resigned on Tuesday. Coach Chris Roberts resigned on Tuesday. Uh, he's taking an assistant coaching job in the DFW area. Uh, so Meridian is open. Uh, again, 
is extremely late in the game. Yeah. I mean, this is very, very late. I mean, we are now talking about the fact that when players show up for two-a-days, they will be meeting their coach yeah. for the first time. That's tough. Tough. Really and, tough. And I would love, that's probably a project for another year, is to go through and, like, is there a time in which it starts to affect the bottom line of, like, yeah. what you do that season? I bet there's a there's got to be a core. Like, my gut says there's a correlation yeah. that if you have these late coaching changes, then the next year is, is going to be different. So uh, there's that. Charlotte has made a hire. Charlotte's been open for a couple of weeks now, but Charlotte's made a hire. They're bringing in San Antonio Sam Houston defensive coordinator Ray, Renee Ortega as their new head coach there for Charlotte. So uh, Charlotte uh, has a new coach there uh, with Renee Ortega taking over, moving up uh, from San Antonio Sam. And finally, Max. This is weird. This is weird. Let's talk East Texas. Let's talk Frankston. So Frankston, since the school year ended in on May 25th, they have lost nine coaches. Mm-hmm. Nine coaches for a school that small is outrageous. Um, there is, and, and by the way, it has been nuts. Step sent this to me. Here is a list of Frank uh, of Frankston's coaching situation. Okay, uh, 2014. Matt Nally left after three years to become the, an assistant at Melissa. Okay, he had been there for three years. He, he saw another right. job he wanted. That's, a, that's, a, that's pretty standard in, in coaching yeah. circles. That's fine. Mike Owens was hired in 2015. He came out of retirement from Tyler Lee and then re-retired after the year. Coach, one year. One year. Open again. 2016, they bring in Johnny Louvier, uh, who left in May 2017 to join the staff at Tyler Lee. So he was there for uh, basically for two seasons. Okay, two seasons. Chip Keel comes in at the end of June, uh, June 17, resigned after two weeks, is now the offensive coordinator at Splendora. Then they go and they hire Kevin Chase. Kevin Chase coaches a season, mutual separation in June 2018. So they are now looking for a coach. They are looking for it. it so, so if you count that, 2014, 2015, 2016, 27, and 20, uh, yeah, 28 or 2017. Yep. And now 2018. Now 2018. They will have one, two, three, four, five, six different coaches in five seasons. It's rough. Frankston is is it's crazy what's going on there. So uh, that is the latest there. Again, we don't normally talk about coaching news. Uh, we you know there there tends to be in July. Yeah, in July. After about June one, after the magazine comes out, basically there will still be a few a few jobs open on June one. Those will usually get filled, but for jobs to come open after June one, there's usually one or two, right? One or two. There seems like there's been like seven or eight, yeah. and it's like we've seen a, a leap in in those numbers. It's just very odd to have that the, this kind of turnover at this time of year uh, in the coaching ranks. Uh, but that's the way it is. Uh, we got the coaching changes up at TexasFootball.com if you want to check them out there. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Check out TexasFootball.com for all things high school football, college football, and recruiting across Texas. Um, we got a lot of good stuff for insiders up. Um, if you are an insider, you we have a bunch of player interviews we did at State 7 on 7 that you can check out. We're going to have more insider stuff as the seasons go on, including 
we are currently working on. Here's a little bit of a tease for all you people. Insiders will get during the season an extra podcast uh, breaking down the week's high school football action. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be me and Matt Step. We're working on that right now. But insiders will get that extra podcast during the season, if I could tease that. So TexasFootball.com is where you can become Dave Campbell's Texas I never agreed to this, by the and way. And if you are running around, you just have to hit record. Ugh. You don't have to be involved. It'll just be Step and I. A lot of work. It's literally a record. I've done it. It's a lot of work. I, it's, I've done it. I'm dumb. Max, let's go to the hotline. Let's bring in the internet sensation. The, the internet sensation. Um, and the Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider. Yep. We're joined on the hotline now by Matt Stepp. Hello, Matt. Happy 4th of July day after. The, the bo- Boys, how's it going? The bo- it's good. The boxing day of the 4th of July. <laughs> yes, yes. The Canadian in me does, does celebrate Boxing Day, uh, December 26th every year. Was it? I have an America song for you, Greg. I, I, I didn't oh. hear it mentioned, so okay. can, I, can I throw my... What about Living in America by James Brown? Ooh. All right. I, now, the only bad part about that song is every time I hear that song, I think of Apollo Creed getting killed. I was going to say, I yeah. think of Rocky Four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good song. Living in America is a great song by a great artist. That is, uh, that's, that's a tremendous counterpoint. Uh, well done to you, sir. Uh, thank you, thank you. We didn't just bring you in to talk America songs, though. We also brought you in to talk a little bit about what happened last week uh, at State 707 down there in College Station. Um, of course, you, you spent three days down there uh, chopping it up with coaches, everybody coming up and, and, and to kiss the Matt Step ring. Yeah. Um, I want no. I want to I hear first and foremost, um, overall, now that you've had a little bit of time to digest, about a week to digest, um, when you look at the teams uh, that uh, which teams maybe surprised you the most? Teams that may, you know there were teams we expected to be pretty good. I think Midlothian Heritage, for example, winning uh, winning their title uh, is not necessarily a surprise. We thought that they were going to be pretty good. But which teams maybe surprised you the most with what you saw at State Seven on Seven? Well, I'll start. I don't know if they were surprised, but but in Division Three, I really wanted to see Sonora and. Uh, uh, interview alum Brian Van Winkle lead the offense, and I, uh, that was the big question mark with the Broncos this year. Was going to be how to replace Caden Cordell, and I, and I think they're going to be uh, just fine with Brian Van Winkle um, leading the offense. He's got great command of the offense, uh, throws a good ball. Um, you know that was the big question with Sonora coming in, with all the experience they have at every other position. Um, I, I feel really confident that Sonora in in three A uh, Division two Region four. Um, is going to be a strong contender. I was really, really impressed with Sonora. Um, in Division Two. Um, I mean, you can't say enough about Houston Worthing and the run they had um, and the consolation bracket beating a lot. I mean, you look at the name programs they beat in routes of winning that consolation bracket title. Um, very impressive. Um, super impressed with Mejia and um, Texarkana Pleasant Grove day two. Uh, both, you know, Pleasant Grove especially, I mean, turn around, you, you lose to Melissa, and day one, 60 to 13, and turn around and beat them 40 to 22. Um, the second day just kind of shows the resiliency of Pleasant Grove, and 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 that's that state championship mentality that they have now. And, and I think they're still going to be young; they still have some holes to fill. But I think Coach Josh Gibson's squad is going to be uh, right there in the mix again. And then you know Mahia uh, graduating with they graduated after a great first year under Frank Sandoval, I think is going to be um, a, a real force as well. Um, if they can get it, you know, get through a really tough district, that the you know, realignment that that district got even tougher when you throw in Madisonville mm-hmm. um, into that mix. You know, in Division One, um, 
Got to give a lot of credit to Lubbock Coronado. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after the first day, they went 0-3, and then, then day two, they just turned around and got hot. And, and I think their young quarterback um, really grew up a lot this weekend. And I think, uh, you know, talking to Coach Parr, um, I think he was really happy with the second day. And, and I think um, it gives gives Mustang fans a lot of confidence that they're going to be right in the mix again in Region 1, Division 1, especially if they, they're young offensive line, which, you know, obviously doesn't, doesn't play in 7-on-7, seven seven, but... You know, the two big questions they had were a quarterback and offensive line heading into the season, and I think at least the quarterback question um, has somewhat, been somewhat answered after uh, this weekend. Uh, Step, uh, we're talking with Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider about the State 7-on-7 tournament. Step, what, was there, um, you know, we, we go into this thinking that, um, you know, there's uh, you don't get a look at every team, right? We've had people in the comments saying, you know, what about Henderson? What about uh, some of these other Lancaster yeah. and, 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 and things like that. Um, from your perspective now, um, how much of a grain of salt are you taking this with? Because, you know, look, Midlothian Heritage running to a, to a title is really impressive. Gunner running to a, a title is impressive. Um, but obviously we're all going to take it with a grain of salt because it is a different kind of football. Um, are, you, are, are, are there certain teams that, you're, that you are prepared to like, change your opinion on, or are you just saying this is another nice data point for me to consider? Uh, there's so I think I, I, if a lot of the teams that I mentioned I, I I don't think too differently of them going into the season right now. There's a couple that I haven't mentioned. I think you know first off first one is A and M Consolidated. Yeah, I'm I'm really thinking look getting getting my eyes on them and, and seeing you know they they've got three absolute stud receivers who can all make plays. Um, they've got two quarterbacks because of the injuries last year. They have two experienced quarterbacks. You know, and I think being in Division Two, I think A and M Consolidated for me is really elevating themselves as a contender um, in Class 5A Division Two. If they weren't already a contender, and a lot of people have them in their top ten, um, I really like them. I, th- I think they're going to be a-, a real challenger to Manville um, in Region 3. I really like what I saw from A&M Consolidated um, on the positive note. Um, a couple of teams that I, that I would probably – I'm a little worried about now. Um, I watched the Woodlands quite a bit. Um, I've got some concerns there. I-, I don't know if they had all their pieces in place at State 7-on-7, seven seven, but they – this didn't look quite like a Woodlands team that I've come to see in the past few years, and I, and I know that that bar um, is really high. Um, but I would at least kind of, you know, at least I'm going to be watching them a little bit more closely early early in the season now, to, just to kind of see because their, their performance wasn't great this weekend. So, little concern there. And then this one, I kind of knew, I kind of thought going in that they would have some struggles just because of youth. But but Graham, um, they, they had a rough tournament. I think they went one and three overall. And, you know, they're, they're, it's just youth with them. I mean, I mean we kind of knew Graham, Graham graduated so heavy last year. And I think I talked to Max about this uh, on the second day. Um, you know, when Graham plays well in 7-on-7 seven seven and they have big runs in 7-on-7, seven seven, that typically for them is a very good indicator of how they'll do in the fall. Yeah. And when they don't do as well in 7-on-7, seven seven, they're, they're not bad in real mm-hmm. football, but they don't. You know, a lot of times when they do bad in 7-on-7, seven seven, you're looking at a 7-4, and 8-4, um, type season, whereas when they do well, you know they're they're going on runs like, like they did last year, going fourteen and one. Yeah, we're talking with Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Step. Two T's, two P's, all man. Um, uh, Step, I, I made the point on Tuesday that for me, any changes that I'd make to my opinion uh, about what's going to happen in the fall really stem from not necessarily what I'm seeing on the not not. Let me rephrase. 
not exclusively because of what I'm seeing on, on the field, but more so in talking with coaches and in getting that conversation going and saying, hey, coach, you know, what do you think about your team? Uh, I mean, I can't think, I can't even imagine how many times you asked coaches this, this season, what do you think, or th- this, this past week, what do you think of for the fall, how are you guys feeling, stuff like that. Uh, do you agree with me on, on, in, on that perspective? And, and if so, what, you know, were there any conversations you had with coaches that, that are maybe uh, making you think a little bit different for the fall? Yeah, I think it depends on the coach, and you know, because some, some, you know, we know these coaches well enough. Or some of them, we've got to take it um, with a little bit of great assault, just because we know they're going to tell us their team is terrible. No, 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 no. Let's good. no. Let's call them out. They're sandbaggers, is what they are. They're yeah, sandbaggers. Uh, Phil Danaher, I'm looking at you. <laughs> looking at you, Phil Danaher. I sat in his office uh, during you know last week, a couple weeks ago, when I was down in Corpus for the seven on seven tournament. He, he portrayed to try to tell me that his, he was worried about his team making the playoffs. And, and I was just like, come on, coach, just please don't, don't do that to me. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I'll, uh, talking to JJ Resendez at Crowley, um, you know, I watched them beat Manville and, and by the way, Manville's going to be really, you know, Manville, yeah. it, for anyone who uh, is predicting their demise this year, pump the brakes just a little bit. They're going to be fine. Um, but I was, you know, Crowley went toe to toe with Manville, beat Manville, went toe to toe with South Lake Carroll, and uh, you know, talking to JJ Resendez about his, his team, he's he really thinks that if if the pieces fall in place, they have a chance to compete. You know, you know, right away for a district title, which is it's a good district. You know, they've got Boswell and Brewer um, in there, and I, I think he feels like his team can be right in that mix. And you know, he was ribbing me a little bit about us picking them, I think fourth in district. But you know, I told him I said, hey, you know. There's your bulletin board material. You can you can thank us later if you win a district, district title. You can give give all the credit to the DCTF boys for for giving your kids mm-hmm. the, the bulletin board material to win it, to win that district because you know we all know you know every, we, we pick them pick them first to hate us and they pick us last to hate mm-hmm. us. So what are you gonna, what are you going to do? Um, that was one. Um, in that same pool, you know, I watched a little bit of Abilene Cooper. And I, I didn't talk to Coach Mavis, but just judging by what he talked about in his questionnaire, you know, they're they're. You know they're gonna they're gonna have to rely on their defense because their offense is really really young this year and they, they just have big faces at every position offensively and you can see um, that inexperience and this and this lack of there's no real leader yet I, I don't think a, a real leader has emerged yet with with that young group on the offensive side of the ball so I think Abilene Cooper is probably another one that that I kind of watched and I'll say okay. There's going to be some growing pains this year, uh, just because of, of their use. Uh, step, you know, one a little bit of off topic to change, uh, shift gears a little bit. You guys, uh, you know, you mentioned you were tweeting this morning about um, some coaching changes. You know, we, we mentioned them a little bit early in the show, specifically Marty Harps there at, at Waco High. I'm not crazy, right? There have been a lot more late changes, uh, coaching changes this year than in past years, right? Yeah, it's been it's been much more it's been a much more active June than normal. I mean, we, we're still sitting here uh, with three DISD openings that are that have not been filled. Now they're going to be filled Monday. Um, I think you know two of the jobs are, are you know just we'll, we'll do a little step tease on the air here, but uh, two of the jobs are going to be filled in Dallas ISD by DFW assistants currently. Um, one is a former one one is a former head coach. And then the other one's going to get filled by a Houston area assistant. So um, those jobs will be filled Monday, but still, you got three, you know, Dallas ISD jobs open, Waco opening up. I mean, Brownsville. I mean, I tweeted about this. I went on a little tweet storm about this. Brownsville Lopez has been open since February 14th. Oof. They still don't have a head coach. That's that's ridiculous. Brownsville ISD should be ashamed of themselves for that because 
they're just doing, you know, Brownsville Lopez had a great year last yeah, year. They I broke through. He went eight and three and had a fantastic year. And, and, you know, Coach Starkey resigned in February uh, to go into private business with the assumption that, you know, get them through realignment, get their schedule set, and then get, get you know, resign so a new guy can get in there quickly. And it's July 5th. We're going on almost five months, so they don't have a head coach. That's, that's sad. And I know they tried to hire a guy and, uh, you know, it, the board didn't approve them and all this other stuff. But you got to have, I mean, that's just, it's, it's bad. So stuff like that is kind of, it's really interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's been a lot more this year. And I, I wonder if Marty Herbst's retirement's been planned for a while and the timing of this was no coincidence that, that he's doing this at, at such a late juncture that it almost kind of forces Waco ISD's hand to at least uh, keep the job inside and promote one of his guys from from within. That would be my take on it. And I th- they have a qualified guy on staff, so, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't get a strong consideration. But Waco High is a good job. It's, it, if they open it up to the outside, um, they'll get plenty of qualified applicants for sure. One, I wanted to follow up on that mm-hmm. step because our, our fellow uh, Texas high school football scribe Garrett Ross is in our mentions here asking about the Waco High job. Tepper touched on it a little bit before. So many of those big programs in that Waco, Temple, Belton area have, have really been solid. Waco has kind of been the forgotten pro- program and all that. Why is it a good job, and what's the potential there for a coach? So I think Waco Waco High, it's not, I mean, I remember when I was a kid growing up, Waco High was, was one of the, the programs mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. I mean, they had some absolute wars with John Tyler, Odessa Permian, when Louisville was rolling, running the, running the uh, wishbone offense. And they, they were an elite program. They, they played for a state title, gosh, in 05. I think they lost to Lamarck. Uh, in the not too distant past, um, you know, I still, I still, they still have a ton of athletes at Waco. I mean, you go watch Waco High, and I saw them last year in the first game of the season against San Antonio Roosevelt, and they just dominated Roosevelt. They were just superior to them in every every other position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think it's still a really good job. Their numbers are improving. I mean, they're going to six A. Um, you, you put them up against anyone in, in their district, they're going to athlete for athlete. They're going to have. They've got the raw material to work with. I don't think the on-campus facilities are quite um, on par with uh, with the one school ISDs, you know, Temple, Belton, uh, Midway in that district. But I, I still think um, from an athlete's perspective, they've got the material to work with. I think it's just going to be a matter of – I think, and I think Coach Herbst is a good coach, but I think getting someone in there younger um, could really revitalize that program and kind of bring some new energy into that program because it's – I think it's been a while since they've had kind of a young, new energy energy in the program, and I think that could really uh, do them some good. Finally, step the question everybody wants to ask is um, is about the big dumb hat. Um, it, it was it was big dumb hat season down there in in, in College Station. You of course um, sporting um, the biggest and dumbest hat I've ever seen you you wear. Um, my question is overall the reaction to the big dumb hat is is net positive. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I think I've set a trend. I've seen a lot of, a lot of guys posting pictures of big dumb hats on Twitter and and, and things like. I think the secret in the big dumb hat is it only comes out once a year. Mm-hmm. You can't overexpose something like that because it, then it just it loses its its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So it works better, you know, once a year, bring it out for two or three days, and then it goes back. I, I literally don't wear that hat any other time of the year except seven on seven, and then after that, I go back to my uh, backwards hat where I look like a hack. Yep. And uh, make everyone happy with the backwards hat because, you know, in Max and Greg, you guys have seen this at coaching school. At coaching school, which is coming up, gosh, like in two and a half weeks. Oh, crazy. gosh, you're right. <laughs> but at coaching school, you know, I don't wear the ha- baseball cap backwards in the exhibit hall out of respect for Coach Rutledge and Coach Martin. Mm-hmm. 
I try to keep it semi-professional in the exhibit hall. And, and people will walk by. It. Yeah, people will walk up to our booth, and I'm sitting there, and they'll go, where's Step? And I'm yeah. sitting right in front of them. It's yeah. So I have to wear the hat almost now because if I don't, People don't know who the heck I am. We, so we really got to. Uh, we really we've talked about this, Max, but we really got to get him a, a Dave Campbell's flat bill so that he can wear that backwards. I mean, oh, yeah, sure, that's, okay, that's the move. He that's ain't gonna wear move. that. I know he's not. He <laughs> is Matt Step. He is Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider and Trendsetter. Follow oh, him yeah. on Twitter at Matt underscore Step Papa eight one seven. Two T's and two P's. Step, appreciate your time, buddy. Uh, and um, I don't know, go sports. Yeah. Yeah, we'll watch the World Cup tomorrow, and then I guess I'll see you Jokers in a couple of weeks in San Antonio. We'll, we'll go eat a zinc burger. Oh, yes. Yes, that'll be fun. Step, later, bud. Bye. There he goes, Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider, joining us. Talk a little stuff on 7 and coaching changes here across the Lone Star State. So, um, talking with him, uh, it, it, I'm glad that he is, that I'm not crazy, that... Um, the that the this has been an un, unusual rash of coaching changes. And it's very nice, or at least he's as crazy as I am, which is I think both are equal propositions. I would agree. Let's go to Max Thompson for the award-winning segment. Final thoughts. Uh, our good friend Aaron Horn down in the Syntex area wants to know if you know when the Fox Sports Southwest app gets updated each season. Ooh, good question. Uh, no. I don't, I don't think either of us knows. Um, the, there is a common misconception. Yeah. We've talked about this on the show before. Our name is on the Fox Sports Southwest uh, app, but we really don't run it in any way, shape, or form. So from what I understand, we are partners with Fox Sports Southwest. And so we are co-branded on it. But Fox Sports Southwest handles all the things with the, with the, the app. And the app is run out of, like, California. Or something yeah, like that. Something like it's that. something. There's there's some vendor out there. So I'll ping them and I'll see what I can find out. That's a yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent Holman, Graham Superfan says he agrees. They're probably gonna have a rough time early in the season. Probably gonna have to rely on the run game. I don't. He wants to know what we think about that. I honestly don't know what they have in the run game. I mean, there was such. It's such a yeah. last year. Uh, Tucker was so good at just kind of pinging passes mm-hmm. all over the place. That was basically it's like that Patriots offense, mm-hmm. right? They just kind of they don't need to have a run game because they can their, get those four and five. Their yard run, passes their run all the game time. was the quick slant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, look, they, they they've got Chase Gilmore back. He was a nearly two thousand yard rusher yeah. a year ago, so they are going to lean on on the run game yeah. early while they try to find a quarterback. But you're right, you don't they need that balance. You don't lose a quarterback who signs with Abilene Christian who threw yeah. for more than four thousand yards. You don't just you don't just replace him. So yeah. it may be a little bit early. It may be kind of a feeling out process for Coach Davidson down there at at, at Graham. Uh, Tony Blaylock says it's National Bikini Day. Uh, Tepper looks terrible in a bikini. Don't ask me why. I know. Dude, I sent you that picture in confidence. In confidence, I know, I know, but that's this is this is just where I am at this point. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Trying to see, I, I, shout out to everyone. We got a ton of commenters today. Our usual crew, crew Robert Wolf, uh, like I said, Aaron Horn, uh, Richard Cummings in the house. So I guess football season must be close if he's uh, he's checking in a little bit more often, which is fine with me. Uh, John Velo is uh, in the house from Down in Comfort. Paul Roberts showing up with a uh, new avatar. We don't have the usual black and white. We've got the uh, dog avatar. It's a good looking dogs. <laughs> Good looking dog. There was uh, a there was a time, like, I I like to assume that everybody looks exactly like their avatar uh, on everything, and so yeah. because like I just use my face, and so like there are people that like I've known on you know I've known on Twitter for years and years and years who just have a dog avatar, and then when I meet them, I'm like, you don't look anything like a dog. You don't look like a dog. 
Oh. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. That's going to do it for us. Shout we're out off, to our guys. We're off tomorrow. Um, I am in uh, Chicago, but we will be back on Monday for your education. Get, get used to the show being off a lot over the next yeah, six weeks. Yeah, by the way, we are. Yeah, we're we moving. We should start warning people in advance. Yeah, we're moving studios, and so there's going to be like uh, a, a while, and then Max is going out of the country. Um, we will have podcasts. To be clear, yeah. after coaching school, we will have podcasts, but it'll be a lot of coach interviews. And so we'll have podcasts for you, but uh, we will need to. Uh, you know, we will we basically will not have a show. the logistics are bad in that we are moving a few days before I leave for my brother's wedding across the ocean, mm-hmm. and we will not be able to really resume full operations until right before the season starts, like a week or two before the season starts. But once mm-hmm. we do, everything's going to be bigger and better. It's going to be awesome. Yes. So. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today.